promise you that. And if you complain, here's one little Jane that will leave you flat. I'll be hard to handle, I'm making it plain. Now just be a dear and scram out of here. Pat DeSico left a message with the service late last night. Oh, let me guess. The check is in the mail. The opposite. He said to stop sending him bills. He ain't paying. Is that so? He's awful decisive with his wife's money. I'll send it over to them at Hal Roach's studio. I'm sure she'd be mortified to hear it hasn't been paid. What kind of husband doesn't pay his wife's dress bills? Ha! You'd be surprised. Too many of them think glamour grows on trees out here, like avocados. I've had men shout at me at the prices. How can a dress cost $300? Poor Thelma. Has Pat ever earned a legal paycheck? I came out here to get away from gangsters. Gangsters are every place, Lois. They don't all wear pinstripes. You'll be clear of bill collecting soon, Claire, once you get that contract with Goldwyn. Oh, I won't miss it, along with many other things. Such as? Oh, let's see. The husbands who don't want to pay, they look at fashion as a racket because they don't understand how much labor goes into one dress. I won't miss the wives who say, I can't wear green, Harry hates green. Or women who don't know what they like. Or the dames who took one trip to Paris and thinks that makes them an expert in dressmaking. Oh, but two would never put me in a square neckline. Or how about the stars who think that I should dress them for free because it might get publicity for the shop? Or the ones who try to return a dress with cigarette burns or mustard stains? How about the dames who don't know when something fits? They think the zipper rule is all that matters. What's the zipper rule? When it closes, it fits. I will also not miss the ladies who expect a dress to make them look like Joan Crawford. Or the ones who demand a silk bias cut when they look like a sack of potatoes in it. I tell them you can't wear underwear with a bias cut and that puts them off. I can't stand the ones who poke us and prod us like we were their Pekingese. Sometimes they don't make sense. I loathe blue. I can't stand red. Only street walkers wear purple. Brown makes me look old. Where do they get this stuff? Or the dames who think the dress comes with free alterations for life. Take it in. Let it out. Do something with this hemline. Oh, how about the gal who came in with the dress that she bought for twenty nine fifty and argued that it was identical to one she bought for me for $300? Oh boy, I remember. I wouldn't have lit a cigarette around it for fear it would catch fire. How could viscose rayon feel the same as moray silk imported from Milan? And how about the ladies who lunch? There are four of them come in and want to see us in a dozen dresses and then never buy a thing. Just to have a good gossip. I hate when they want me to twirl like I'm an organ grinder's monkey. Or when they say the dress would look better on them. In your dreams. I shouldn't dwell on the bad side. There are times when a woman comes in and she's upset and she can't find anything that suits her. And then she finds the right dress. Presto, she's a Cinderella. Splashing tears on her new taffeta. No, come on, Lois. You know you love it when they cry after a fitting. I start blubbing too. It's like a puzzle when you think about it. Taking fabric and bending it to the right shape. Oh, remember the crafty one who got Mr. Moneybags to pay for everything in the shop? Sure do. She walked out of the fitting room with the gown on backwards. Did she look like a dope? (laughs) No. 
It was a cutaway in the back. You mean her knockers were hanging out? We thought he was going to soil his trousers. He bought her everything in stock, in cash. If only they were all that easy. With fussy shoppers, plus rent, taxes, utilities, fabric inventory, payroll, advertising, returns, and decor, on top of everything else, it sure would be nice to only have to think about designs for the stars. How long have you been a dressmaker, Claire? I never thought to ask. If you can't making dresses for my dolls since I was five years old. Aw, you made dresses for your dollies. That's sweet. Mostly. My mother put me to work with a needle when I was four, sewing buttons onto cards for a few cents a gross. She'd tell me I was sewing for milk money. Mother was a firm believer in idle hands and the devil's playthings. She worked in a factory and did piecework at home at night, sewing collars and cuffs for men's shirts. My mother took in wash and cleaned houses. You wonder how they had the energy. Mine had five kids to feed. She never stopped working. When did you start in the dress trade? I left school at 14. I took a job sewing for a costume shop, 50 cents an hour. One day, a burlesque dancer came in looking for a costume. She describes what she wanted, a peacock tail and a spangled top. We didn't have anything like it in stock, so I said, I can make it for you. She told her friends about me. It wasn't long before I quit the costume shop and started designing for showgirls. Oh, how was the money? Were you rolling in dough? The money was good, but the hours were long. I took a job designing for a nightclub chorus line. Then I branched out to make regular clothes and learned the difference between designing for the stage and the street. What's the difference? For the stage, it only has to look good. You need to know how it works under Klieg lights. How it will look when she sweats. Offstage, clothes must last. A dress has to stand up to wear and tear. The seams and the stitching need more attention. Will it wash? You need quality fabric, and it has to be easy to put on and take off. I imagine designing for the screen is another challenge. Anything cheap or fake looks like the dog's dinner on a big screen. Speaking of which, where did you get that dress, Cash? This? What's wrong with it? I just bought it at Jeffrey's end-of-season sale. It doesn't fit. It looks like a ringer, too. It fits? And what do you mean by a ringer? It certainly does not fit. The armholes are too small. The darts in the shoulders don't line up. It's too tight across the back. The waist is too high. And that dress is a ringer, if ever I saw one. For an end-of-season sale, dress shops mark down a couple of good dresses. Then they fill the rails with a lot of cheap dresses marked up in price. Women go crazy when they see a sale sign. That's a swindle to offload stock that's hanging around in the back, or they buy them elsewhere. If it looks like a bargain, it will sell. They take a $39.95 dress and mark it up to $79.95. It's a flim-flam routine. Jeffrey's an old mount bank. I bet that's a 7th Avenue sample he bought cheap and sewed his label on. But that's so dishonest. The nerve. You don't do that, do you, Claire? Have you ever seen a sale in my shop? I give discounts periodically to my regulars. That's the way I want to do business. I might make a few more dollars or get a few more customers at a sale, but I'll take a little less to have a little more peace. You've been had, Cash. Happens to most women. Fashion is a racket when you think about it. I may be able to fix it for you after we finish up costumes for the screen test. That'd be small, Lois. Thanks. What are you thinking about this hemline on Gale? Is it too long? Just a touch. Have it hit mid-calf, please. Gotcha. How about we break for lunch first? 
Now you're talking. I'm starved. Let's go to that Hungarian joint. One of those places that serves charred meat on a hat pin? No thanks. Now why don't we walk over to Gotham Delicatessen? My treat. Ooh, yummy. Tuna fish and a chocolate malt. Here I come. Helen, take a break and come have some lunch. I'm right in the middle of a scene. Go ahead without me. You need to eat. I'm not hungry. Go on without me. Suit yourself. Let me powder my nose. Shake a leg. If I didn't care about you, I wouldn't bother to tell you about that dress. I know, I know. Let me fix my hat. me that I need a trade, like she has. She works at the Trocadero and Ciro snapping photos, develops them in the broom closet. I didn't know those camera girls developed pictures too. I don't know if they all do. Andy learned it in high school, got the job that way. She brings a case with a camera, some bottles of solution, some wire and clothespins. Then she wears a crop top and a skirt to work the room. Smart. Angie lectures me about being independent, tells me I can't depend on men. She says I need a trade for when my figure goes. Well, she can't wear a crop top forever. Yeah, but she's got a plan. She's saving up for her own photography studio. She's going to be another Ruth Harriet Louise and do glamour shots with the stars. She won't need a crop top then, so she says. She must meet some big shots, all that table hopping. Yeah, you would think so, but no. Everybody calls her over to the table to get a shot in their finery. But Angie says that they just look right through her. Oh, really? When she goes back to the table to deliver the glossy snaps, they blank her. They don't recognize her without the camera around her neck. Even in a crop top? Yep. Just like here in the shop, when I'm on my knees pinning a hem, Dame barely makes eye contact. That's true with us mannequins, too, now that you mention it. Sure, they're thinking about themselves, how they would look in something. And in a nightclub, they're posing, trying to pull on their stomachs or get just the right angle. You'll be worried about the same thing when they turn those cameras on you in Goldwyn's studio. Uh, I just hope my nose doesn't look too big. My schnozzle attracts shadows like Barbara Hutton's bank account draws taxmen. And don't worry about your nose, Cash. There's nothing wrong with it. And you're not going to be photographed in a dark nightclub. Still, have so many Klieg lights pointed at you in the studio, your eyes will be sore. Okay, then. No shadows on my face. I hope the floor isn't too slippery for my dance number. If it is, they'll put rubber strips on your soles. At least 100 crew members will be working behind the scenes to make you girls look your best. Sam hires people who know how to solve problems. All right, Gail. Slip into that foulard number so I can finish the hem. Is this hat too much for the third part? Where she goes to the doctor's office? No. I imagine she would wear it very low over her right eye. It goes with her nightlife. What I mean is, Mitzi wants to keep the sun out of her eyes. 
That's what I was going for. She wouldn't be used to being up so early in the morning as a cabaret star. Sure. Uh, did you move the dress before we went to lunch, Lois? Huh? I didn't move anything. It's there on the rack. Where's the rack? Are you joking? No, I... Somebody pulled a fast one. Where are the clothes? Helen, did you move the racks? I haven't moved from this chair. Quit it, Helen. It isn't funny. Where are the costumes for the screen test? There were two racks of clothes here an hour ago. They're not in here, just this silver trench hanging on the back of the door, like you left it, Claire. Are you sure they're not out there? Do you see them anywhere? Oh, how can this be happening? How can 20 outfits disappear? This was a hit job. I feel it in my waters. Oh, where's my sketchbook? I left it right on the table. Please, Sam Anthony, come around. Something's lost that can't be found. Ugh, this is terrible. Someone is sticking pins in a doll with my face on it. I feel sick. Like when my stubum father would come home Sunday morning with empty pockets. I, I didn't hear anything. I'm so sorry, Claire. Dimitri. His dirty fingerprints are all over this. You think so? Not one of those spies from a wholesale outfit? The screen test is in three days, Gail. I'd say the timing points to our immediate competition, not the fashion pirates. I might as well phone Francis and tell her to forget the whole thing. You can't throw in the towel. What choice do I have? I can't make 20 outfits in three days. Sure you can. Three days is enough time. You'll have help. I've got some bannies in my purse for emergencies. Rosie and the other seamstresses will stay late for overtime. Sit down and make a list of what you need. Yoo-hoo, Claire! Hiya, Lil. Say, what is this? Do you have a moth infestation or something? Moths? What are you talking about? Why else would you burn clothes in the alley? In the alley? Oh, my designs! He's a rotten devil. Who is? Will one of you dames tell me what's going on? Dimitri, it had to be... Burnt clothes and a stolen sketchbook. What's next, frogs and locusts? A new low in Hollywood. He did this to win the contract over at Sam's studio? Put you out of competition? Nothing else explains it. Claire thinks she should roll over. Nonsense. Why, you do no such thing, I should say not. You can still beat that scoundrel. There's only three days before the screen test. How many costumes do you need? Twenty. The only thing left is the silver lame trench coat that's half finished. Is that all? Listen, we can fix everything. Haven't I bought at least one of everything you made since you opened five years ago? Our most loyal customer. Now chin up, Claire. You're in shock. You can win this. You're coming home with me this instant. I have some real English gin, and I'll mix you a great big cocktail, and we'll go through my closets. Lois can fit the outfits to the beautiful girls here. You go and get your purse. Don't forget your beach pajamas, Lil. Oh, thank you. Shut your eyes, dear, so you don't see the toasted costumes. Somebody should clean this up before I bring her back. Got it. What do you two have to say? Are you stupid or just lazy? You left that door open again, didn't you, Gail? 
And Helen, how could you not have heard anything? I thought I'd close the door when I came in this morning. But you didn't. You were the last one in. Again. And you didn't pull the door shut. Again. I was deep in a scene. I didn't hear anything. After all Claire has done for you, and this is how you treat her, she pays you a good wage, pays your doctor and dentist bills, buys your lunch, gives you beautiful clothes at cost, and now she's trying to get you that dream job and a Hollywood contract. And you're just a couple of selfish brats. I'm sorry, Lois. It didn't occur to me that anyone would break in. Little Miss Trinity College. You want to be the next Francis Marion or Nita Luz. You haven't the sense. Why did you even come over here? You should be married to some barrister and living in Ranla like every other dame in your family. Don't be mean to Helen. And you. Go back to the farm. You're useless here. If I had any say, I'd throw you two miserable articles in the street. That's enough, Lois. I'll say when it's enough. Oh, you can be vicious. Would you stop for a minute and consider that Gail and Helen saved the shop? Saved the shop? Have you been sniffing white powder? I'm going to have to throw pins over my shoulder for the rest of the week and pray we put this over. They saved the shop. You're as daffy as they are. Listen to me. We agree it was Dimitri, right? Right. Well, we'll probably also agree that Dimitri, a man who has considerable ties to, shall we say, the muscle industry, hired two goons for the job. Well, I didn't think he waltzed in here with a pack of matches. Okay, so he pays two goons to come to the shop and destroy the costumes and steal Claire's sketchbook. If the door was locked, would they just take their gas cans and go home? No. No. They would have torched the shop. They would have burned it down to the ground, but they didn't have to. The door was open, and they heard Helen banging away on the typewriter. They snuck in and took what they were paid for. Hard muscles never going to risk a murder rap. They're not going to go to the hotspot in San Quentin for what? A hundred bucks a piece? Thanks for that, Cash. Oh, I could kiss you. I don't want to be sick with guilt over this. Not a word of this to Claire. We're going to buckle down and make sure we do everything we have to do to help her to win. I don't mean to be cruel. If it wasn't for Claire, I'd be dead or in stir. I want to see that she gets what she wants. Maybe we should call Mrs. G and ask for a couple more days. Absolutely not. Not a peep about this. Don't give her any reason to doubt Claire. We could help Claire another way. What way? What if we found out what Dimitri has planned for the screen test? We mean spy on it? Why not? We could try a badger gambit. A badger gambit? One of us picks him up at a nightclub and puts the moves on him. Oh, I'd love to see inside a Hollywood studio. I bet dames do that all the time and he twists it to his favour. Instead of blackmailing him, we just find out what he's up to. Sure, he's always looking for a tumble. But how do we know where to find him? That scandal she cautioned Dolly DePester knows where to find everybody in this town. She's always in here with fresh gossip before it goes to print. Why would she tell you, though? I'll feed her some juicy bits for her blind items. Who's going to volunteer? I'll do it. I have the most practice at this indoor sport. I suspect Mr. Cosmo will go bananas over a princess. Well, I can't exactly walk into a nightclub or even a racetrack by myself. I'm going to need an escort. It can't be a man. That'll impede your progress. You mean gum up the works? Why don't you ask Dolly to present Princess Casimir to Mr. Cosmo? 
Can you do a good accent? Oh, no, I'm not an actress, remember? I'm a singer. Nonsense. Lots of canaries are actresses out here. Look at Irene Dunn and Jeanette MacDonald. Any good singer is acting when she puts a song over. You can do a cash. Let me ring Dolly at the Times. You just need the right clothes. I'll even let you wear the policeman's badge. That'll convince him you're royalty. You're going to let me wear the Dowager's ruby cabochon? With diamonds and sapphires? <laughs> I'm in. Now, what should I wear? What's the ensemble? It can't be too floozy. You must look like a proper lady. Snow cleavage. A turban. White silk. Head to toe white. An ermine wrap. If you're careful, I can let you wear the white halter neck gown. That'll look divine with the turban and ermine. Plus my service stripes and ruby brooch. Now you're talking. We're all set. Dolly says that Dimitri is on the guest list for a cocktail party hosted by Ralph Forbes. Dolly agrees to take you as her plus one in exchange for some dirt on the stars. Remember, don't let your head be turned by a big star. Stay focused on getting Dimitri in the studio. Relax, I've dated big wigs. Stars? Ricardo Cortez for a couple months. Bob Montgomery too. But he's married. Yeah, tell him that. Anyway, they all go to bed at nine o'clock. Everything revolves around the studio call in the morning. Dating a star is pretty dull. Look for a sketchbook or see if you can find the costumes hanging around and stick to watered-down cocktails. Give him triples. That's a cinch. I know what to do. I'm going to go clean up the mess out back. Good idea, doll. Why don't you get into that white gown and let's make sure it fits? Righto. And I'll get that brooch. Oh, Lois, can I try it on? Here. It's a stunner. Look at the way it catches the light. I can see why you nicked it. I only wish I was so bold. You know, I pawned it for seed money. For the shop? I knew I would get it back. Claire is that good. Do you think she'll win? Claire has something Dimitri doesn't know the first thing about. Ethics. That too. He's going to open the sketchbook these two goons stole and see nothing but spring suits and a dozen different wedding dresses. What do you mean? Claire took out the wrong sketchbook from the safe today. She locks her sketchbooks in the safe? Always. With the checkbook. Her designs pay the bills. And here's the sketchbook she used for the screen test. See? It's a miracle. Last night, when I put the cash box away, the sketchbooks fell out. I must have put the older one on top. Maybe you're clairvoyant. Like I said, Claire has something Dimitri doesn't. She has a bunch of crafty dames on her side. Who's coming in a taxi at this hour? Claire, where's Lil? Oh, help me carry the clothes from the trunk, will you girls? 
I put Lillian in bed. She had a fall. Too much gin? Not a drop. What happened? Not sure. She was the same as ever as we chatted and went through her closets. She has a big wardrobe. And she took one suit out and I said, I don't know, it looks like something Glenda Farrell wore last year. And Lillian said, it'll look different with this hat. And I said, why don't you try it on and I'll see. I undid the hooks in the back of her dress and oh my God, she was a sight. She's lost too much weight. A skeleton under her clothes, it gave me a fright. Some producer must have made a crack or something. Now Lillian saw my expression in the mirror and for a second her face turned grey. Did you get her to eat something? I brought her a cup of beef tea. That's all she would take. After a minute she was back to her old self shattering away. She said she would get the hat that goes with the, the suit. It was on a shelf. Lil stepped on a footstool to reach and then she must have gotten dizzy. She fell to the floor. Oh my god. I carried her to the bed. She was unconscious for an hour and I was shaking. When she woke, I had this big idiot grin on my face. I didn't want her to see me panic. Sounds like when my mom was sick. Did she say what's wrong? She's going to the hospital for tests. She must be scared. I stayed with her until Edmund came home. Bill just needs a rest and good cook. She's run down. I said I'd ring her tomorrow. Let's not borrow trouble. Who's this? Uh Uh-oh. It's Cash. What do you mean, uh uh-oh? Why is she wearing the Caribbean snow gown? Matahari looks glum. Sorry, ladies. No dice. Spill. Mind filling me in? We tried a scheme while you were out. Figured we could find out what Dimitri had planned. It was worth a shot. Dolly DePeister took me to a cocktail party at the Copa. Dimitri was there. I was going to get him to take me back to his office at Monogram. And? And Dolly dropped me at his table. He offered me a glass of champagne. He took a good long look at me and gave me the brush off. Was it the phony accent? No, the other fellow at the table had his hand on my thigh, calling me princess over and over. You weren't forward enough. Dimitri just kept looking at his watch and saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, to every comment I made. I even did the lipstick routine. Took out a compact and painted my lips with my mouth hanging open. Nothing? Looked right through me. Finally, I even leaned over until I knew he was getting a good view down the front of my gown. I said no cleavage. Well, I was desperate for something. I gave him a little peek and then his eyebrows went up to his hairline. I said, why don't we go someplace more private, darling? Surely he took the bait. Nope. He stood up, bowed, and assured the princess that we would meet again. He went to the phone booth, made a quick call, and then he left. Dimitri was in the middle of some dirty job, I bet. Probably rushing off to burn down an orphanage. Sorry, ladies. I guess my seductive powers must be failing me. Maybe it looks too good. Too good? Too Beverly Hills. Dimitri looked at that brooch and maybe thought you're too connected. A wolf likes easy prey. What about the producer's wife? She's connected, but he went after her. But she showed him her weak spot. She was desperate and an easy mark. We need a different approach. The old wide-eyed virgin routine. Right off the bus with nothing but a homemade dress and her dreams. Oh, part of me feels like I should say no and put an end to these things before they go any further. But maybe I'd be a sap. He played dirty, why shouldn't we? I'd love to know what he's planning to show. It'll make you feel better. 
boost your confidence so you can win that contract. Oh, I'm make under this time. You can't go, Cash. He'll remember you. I can do it. We might both try. Oh, better odds that way. Will you go for the lovely girl fresh from a Dublin convent school or the sheltered farm girl from Michigan? We can go to Monogram first thing tomorrow and get work as extras. How will we find him? They'll send you to wardrobe first thing. What's he look like? I'm over. Mustache. Tall. No false lashes, Gail. Ugh, I feel naked without them. We can't look like glamour girls. I know, I know. Poor and innocent. Lois, would you help me sort out the clothes in the back? Here we go. Get some sleep for tomorrow, girls. I'll stick around and help. No thanks, Cash. We'll start pinning clothes on you. Be careful over there. We're not licked yet. I'm thinking about that scene in Dishonored when the head of the Secret Service tells Dietrich sometimes a man's brain cannot accomplish as much as a woman's charm. We've got brains and charm. We can't miss. Oh, didn't you just love the way she put on her lipstick right before the firing squad? Relax, we're not going to war. We may not be at war, but it's a battle. Thanks for listening. Mannequins is a Sassmouth Dames production, written and directed by Megan McGurk, starring Clara Higgins as Claire Del Hunt and Lillian Tashner, Jennifer Romara as Lois Kenny, Jean Sutton as Helen Flaherty, Olympia Curiecu as Gail Lindstrom, M. Sean as Princess Casimir, Megan McGurk as Frances Goldwyn. Art design by Clara Higgins, sound editing and special effects by Dan McCauley. 